Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Mark Music stays with us, co-author of Boxes, The Secret Life of Howard Hughes, now in its second edition. New photos, new interviews, new evidence. So Howard Hughes, alias Nick Nickerly, goes down to Panama in 1969, falls head over heels with uh, Eva McClelland, who he believes, or who he says looks a lot like a very young Elizabeth Taylor. He courts her. He proposes to her. Uh, then he vanishes. He just disappears for several months. Uh, comes back, and uh, they marry. What in in um, mid nineteen seventy? They married in May of nineteen seventy, and then they were w- both working there in Panama. One of the things that really brought Eva to know that she was married to Howard Hughes was, I'm going to skip forward here to December of 71. And there was something bothering him. She realized there's something really bothering him. And she asked, what is the matter with you, Nick? And he said, there's about to be a book come out of Howard Hughes, and it's just full of lies. And Eva thoughtfully says, well, don't you think the public ought to know about that? And he gets this big smile on his face. And about seven days after that, there's a telephonic interview with six journalists out of Los Angeles and Howard Hughes. And they talk to him for about two and a half hours. And they try to ask him questions that only Howard Hughes would know. And he answers them. 
And he basically, the, the subject of the phone call is that this book is not true. I had nothing to do with it. The book is not true. Well, this is a big deal at the time because Howard Hughes is a long-haired, long-finger, no drug-addicted, bedridden, mentally incompetent derelict. Right, so, living in the penthouse of the desert, uh, the desert Inn in Las Vegas. Right, right. So Eva hears this interview, and she recognizes the voice. The voice is her husband. And that night, he comes back, and she says, Nick, I heard the Howard Hughes interview today. That was you. And he just gets his smile on his face. So that's the beginning of where she begins to realize she's married to Howard Hughes. So I want to come back to the um, the Howard Hughes that's living in the, the penthouse at the Desert Inn. As you say, this emaciated, drug-addled, germaphobe, abs- total recluse, very few people get to see him or speak with him. He's communicating with, you know, writing letters in longhand and giving them to his, I guess, trusted inner circle of Mormon aides. And they, uh, they communicate with underlings and only uh, the, um, these, this inner circle is allowed to speak to Howard Hughes. But let me just get back to Ava McClelland and, Nick Nickerly, alias Howard Hughes, uh, where did they go after Panama? I mean, they started to live this kind of this nomadic life. After Panama, this is June of 72. She decides to go to Flagstaff, Arizona and just leave him because she can't put up with him anymore. He's got some pretty big idiosyncrasies with his personality and she can't put up with him anymore. So she goes to Panama and she goes to Flagstaff, Arizona. And about six weeks later, he shows up in Flagstaff, Arizona. And she asked him, well, what you been doing? And he said, well, I had some business to attend to. He then goes into Prescott, Arizona at the VA and spends at the domiciliary there and spends about two and a half months there. And what we think that was about was he was trying to get off of some over-the-counter medication that he was addicted to, which caused the, the change in personalities. And she would go visit him there. Then after that, it, it's November of 72, they moved to Camp Verde, Arizona, and lived in a little cabin-type thing on a horse ranch in Camp Verde, Arizona. And this is a place where he would leave, she would leave for months at a time, but they always got back together again. He would be, he would know where she was and would always come back to her and say, we went, you know, I love you. I love you. Come back together with me. And the times when they were gone, were the times when Howard would have meetings, like with the governor of Nevada, he buy and sell businesses and things like that. The times Eva left were the times he would interact with some meeting somewhere that is reported, where there was a commanding Howard Hughes in a meeting with the governor of Nevada. In the meantime, there's this long-haired, long-fingernail, drug-addicted guy 
derelict guy who there's several aides with him also, and he's diverting the attention off of Howard. And that's really what they did for, for several years is the two of them, the long-haired, long-fingernail guy, diverted the attention away from Howard, the reclusive man. And so do you identify Howard Hughes' doppelganger that's, or his body double, if you will, that's living at the Desert Inn in the second edition of the book? We've got several uh, theories about who that was. We don't know exactly who that was. Well, there's several theories about who that might be in the book. There's a guy named uh, Brooks Randall, which is a possibility that it's him, who looked like Howard. And in fact, in the 60s, he was actually used as a, as a body double for Howard in meetings and things. So it might have been Brooks Randall. We have a hard time following him because we can't find much about him. We don't know exactly who that man is. We've been told that possibly it was a friend of Howard's who was 20 years older. Because the media always says that this man looks 20 years older than Howard. Well, he looked 20 years older because he might have been 20 years older. And that is the man that died in 1976. The long-haired, long-fingered, 100-pound, 90-pound man was the man that died in 1976. While Howard was living on in this other identity. Well, why would Howard Hughes choose a doppelganger? And then why would his, his, uh, his aides or this Mormon inner circle that, that took care of Howard Hughes and his affairs, why would they allow this person to end up in this state? I mean, was he being abused, this doppelganger? No, I don't think he was being abused. I think they're trying to take care of him. And they were giving him some drugs. There's a couple doctors that were giving him some drugs to try to keep him, if he was a drug addict, to keep his habit going. But I don't think it was neglect on the AIDS part. I think it was just the way it was. I think they kind of wanted him to pass on at some point in time. And that way, the life's done, and Howard is gone. And they can go back home, too. They can go back to their families and live with their families. But that was the man who died in 1976, reported to be 90 pounds. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, 
Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. So why would Howard Hughes want to disappear that way if he intended, I mean, how would he continue to control Hughes aircraft and, and his other, um, you know, his, his hotel empire, his real estate empire, how would he continue to control that if Howard Hughes, even if it was his doppelganger was declared dead and he's now Nick Nickerly. He was able to control his businesses during up until 1976 through the AIDS, buying and selling hotels, businesses. And he was able to do that through the AIDS with the confusion thrown in of this other gentleman, the long-haired, long fingernail gentleman. In 1976, when the gentleman died, that's when the AIDS disappeared. And Howard didn't have as much control or much less control over the businesses because they were then turned over to someone else to run after 1976. And so at that point, he kind of moved away from the business end of things. It had to go to someone else, the management teams that were involved with those businesses. And he became even more reclusive at that point in time, living in Alabama. He became even more reclusive. However, we do know that people would come and visit him in Alabama. We do know that. We also know that a reason why he wanted to hide, other than just being a reclusive man, is that he was involved with many CIA programs. In 1968, the CIA came to him and wanted him to raise a Soviet submarine that had sunk west of Hawaii. And this was the biggest project the CIA had done up to this point in time. The books say it's about $350 million. And he went and built the Glomar Explorer, which had a big arm on it, and went down 17,000 feet to pick up this submarine. And so he went and did that. It was disguised as a, it was disguised as a deep sea mining operation because obviously, you know, during the height of the cold war, you can't have a a U.S. military vessel, uh, you know, um, salvaging or, or retrieving a Soviet nuclear submarine from the bottom of the ocean, looking for encryption codes and, and, uh, you know, trying to figure out the technology on board the submarine. So they got Hughes who was involved in mining, 
uh, to create this as a cover story, right? The Glomar Explorer was supposed to be conducting a mining operation. Meanwhile, it was this arm was being used to retrieve the Soviet sub off the ocean floor. That Richard, that's exactly correct. The mining operation was a cover-up of what it was really doing, of reaching down and picking up this submarine so that they could determine what's, which encryption devices, the communication equipment and things like that that's on the submarine. And then he also, for the CIA, was launching their satellites. So their communication satellites, he was launching them, and then he could use them. And, of course, that, that radio interview that he did in January 72, they tried to track that phone line, and they could never track it. But they couldn't track it because he was using the CIA's communication satellites. He was using a satellite phone and CIA satellites, which he had launched. Correct. So uh, in, in return for participating in the retrieval of that Soviet sub in 1968 and, and, and creating the, uh, the cover story and building this, the Glomar Explorer, uh, did he get something in return aside from money from the CIA? Did they help him disappear? What we, what we think he asked for, because these two things happened at the same time. Of course, the CIA won't confirm anything. But these two things happened about the same time. Is he agreed the CIA to go bring the submarine up, and he got another identity. So what we think he said was, look at CIA, I'll go raise that submarine. You get me another identity. And the identity that was presented to him was, was this Vernon Icy gentleman who was a CIA operative living in Panama and doing counter-drug operations out of Colombia. So he was a CIA operative who just disappeared, or he's living under some other identity, For but he's, he's, he, he was gone. And those two things happened at the same time. So we think she said, I'll go raise a submarine, you get me another identity. The identity that they gave him was another CIA operative who had disappeared. And that's what he lived under then for the remainder of his life. Vernon Nicely or AKA, and then he changed it again to Nick Nickerly. Um, so were, were you able to actually find uh, records for the real Vernon Nicely, AKA Nick Nickerly? We visited with family members and they confirmed that their dad was uh, working for the CIA and then we also had a, a ID that he gave Eva for Vernon Nicely. And we also have all the medical records and military records of Vernon Nicely in the, in the 40s and the 50s when he was in the military. And so we were able to track Vernon Nicely's life and what he was involved with up until he disappeared in the late 60s. And of course, he was five foot nine. I'm sorry, he was five foot 11. Vernon Nice was five foot 11. And now we have Howard Hughes using Vernon Nice's identification, and he's six foot four. So there's definitely a difference in the heights of these two gentlemen. Remarkable. Remarkable. Uh, did uh, Eva McClelland, who was married to Vernon Nicely, a.k.a. Howard Hughes, for 31 years, 
Uh, did she notice uh, uh, any of these other idiosyncrasies that we've uh, we've attributed to Howard Hughes over the years, like this, you know, extreme germophobia, paranoia, any of these things? Well, that's a, that's a good question, Richard. Uh, he was a germaphobe, very much so. He wore gloves all the time when he was when he was with Eva. For three reasons, we think. One is to, his hands were damaged from that aircraft accident, and they were tender. And so they protected his hands. He didn't leave fingerprints on anything. And because of the germaphobe situation. And remember, Howard Hughes supposedly used stainless steel for the cooking and all that, and that was all the same thing. He talked about growing up and his parents fighting like cats and dogs and so forth. And as he talked about growing up, it was in Texas. It wasn't Ohio. Bernard Nice grew up in Ohio. Howard Hughes grew up in Texas. This man never talked about growing up in Ohio. He was always growing up in Texas and talked about his grandparents and friends and things like that. And he talked about his childhood quite a bit. And it was Howard Hughes' childhood. He says his parents sent him to boarding schools. He had about an eighth grade education, and that was about all the further that he that he got because he was hard of hearing. You know, Howard Hughes is hard of hearing. This Vert Nick Nickley was hard of hearing. And as a child, he was hard of hearing, and he didn't do well in school at all because we think he probably couldn't hear well. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.